Hey Siri, find me a dope podcast for black insurance professionals. Connecting you to Sobel Live. What's up, Sober family? Welcome to Sober Live, where industry and culture meet. I am T. Priester, co-founder of Sober and president of Noble. Uh, as you guys can see, for the first part of the show, I am rolling solo tonight. Uh, our co-founder, Shay Norman, just got back from a trip in Mexico. Uh, so she's taking a little time to recover. So hopefully she will be back with us next week. But I do have a dope guest that's going to join us here in a little bit. So welcome. It's been a few weeks since we've been on. Thank you all for joining us. I can see some people already in the comments. Hey, what's up, Shay? Shay's in the comments saying, what's up? What's up, Shay? Hope you're feeling better. Uh, Tamika. Hey, Tamika, how you doing? Guys, remember when you when you uh, message us, when, excuse me, when you jump in the comments, drop who you are, where you're from, so we can see and give you a shout out. So thank you for those who have already tuned in. Um, remember, we're over here on YouTube now, you know, for the last year or so we have been over on Facebook, but we're now here in these YouTube streets. So thank you guys for following us over. Uh, we'll be over here for the foreseeable future. So, you know, make sure you like and subscribe to YouTube channel so you can stay on top of what we're doing. Uh, I got a guest I want to bring in. And before. I'm trying to read the comments here. Oh, Shay said I'm making it. Oh, Aruba, not Mexico. My bad. Let me get that right. She was over in Aruba. So, and Tamika's over in Buford, South Carolina. So, again, shout out to y'all. So, again, I got a dope guest I want to bring in. Uh, so, I'm going to jump into some industry news real quick. I'm going to pull this story up and share this with you all so we can get into this conversation tonight. So, came across an article and it said Haven Life in Kenley. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Kenley partnered together to make term life insurance more accessible to black Americans. So the article goes on to say that Haven Life, the consumer centric life insurance agency backed wholly and owned by Massachusetts, excuse me, Mass Mutual. Uh, some of you guys are familiar with Mass Mutual and Kenley announcing a new partnership to make term life more affordable and accessible to black Americans. Through this partnership, Haven Term and Haven Simple Term life insurance products will be available on the Kenley mobile application for its members. So I guess it's an app that they're using. Um, InsureTech, FinTech is, is definitely the future. So it looks like these two companies will come together to offer this, prop, this, um, this product. So Kenley is a digital bank designed specifically for Black Americans who have historically been underserved and underbanked by traditional financial services institutions. So I love that. And the founder of Kenley said, helping black Americans build generational wealth and financial protect and financially protect their families is one of our driving principles. 
and that drove their partnership with Haven Life. So I really like this. Um, I love anything that promotes more people in our community getting insured. I'm not really sure why they went with term, but I'm sure, you know, as needed, they'll expand the portfolio. Uh, I haven't dealt with Mass Mutual in years. That was a company I was contracted with, you know, probably five or six years ago. Don't really remember too much about them. Have never done business with Haven uh, Life, but I love that they've come together to do this. I did some research on Kenley and the, the owner is is black. It's a black owned business. You know, a lot of times we see these collaborations and companies come together and um, there's a black face there for marketing. But when you dig a little deeper, that's where it ends. But, you know, there's a brother over there named Donald Hawkins, who is the founder of Kenley. So, you know, that's dope. I love that. And I, I'm, I'm loving the, the resurgence of the black banks. Um, you know, we have this one here, Kenley. We have One United, um, you know, Killer Mike is doing the, the the thing over with Greenwood. So, you know, I love that. But what I want to see, Sober Family, I want to see I want to see some black insurance companies. We got to figure that one out. You know, we're seeing black banks come back. We're seeing black businesses come back, you know, rebound after COVID. Uh, I really want to see us, you know, really be able to get into the insurance space again, you know, when black insurance companies were powerhouses. You know, we talk about Atlanta Life and North Carolina Mutual and all those companies we used to have. I want to see us return to glory sober. So, you know, I love seeing what's going on in the banking industry. Hopefully we can get some of that carry over here on the insurance side. So, you know, let me know what you think about the article. Let me know about how you feel, you know, with these companies coming together. Um, I do believe that they have some very strong uh, investors. I was trying to look up some of the investors, and one of the names that caught my eye was uh, Kevin Durant is actually an investor um, in Kenley. And you guys know a few months back, we talked about Ethos, and him and JC uh, were investors in Ethos. So it's interesting to see these entertainers and, and athletes really start to get into this tech space. So, you know, let me know what your thoughts are on, you know, some of these mergers that are coming together and how you think they're going to affect our community. Is it a good thing, a bad thing? Are you happy with them only offering term? What do you think, you know, may also be needed? So, you know, interested to hear your thoughts. I'll post the article on the um, the Facebook wall here uh, sometime this evening. So a little bit of industry news. This is usually where, you know, Shay shines. So I'm not going to do too much industry news. I think one story is good enough for me in industry news. So got a quick ad. Um I was speaking to somebody today who who's going to sponsor who's sponsoring the show and kind of discussing putting together an ad for them. But, you know, the more I talk with this person about this product that they're offering, you know, I kind of said, I don't think the ad is going to be enough. So what I'm going to do, Sober Family, I'm going to introduce um, this product to you real briefly. But what I want you guys to do is I want you to do some homework. So. Let me find this website. Uh, some of y'all are familiar with Tiffany Peterson Felder. She is one of our directors here over at Soba. And we had a great conversation today about, you know, a service that she has been providing to our community and to her clients that is just making a huge impact. So I want you guys to go to 7funeralsfor75.com. 
So the number seven, funeralsfor75.com. And I want you to do a little research. Um, again, this is something that Tiffany introduced me to a few months ago. You know, I had a lot of things going on, so I really didn't get to do a deep dive into it. Uh, we, she was at Black Friday as a vendor and got a tremendous, you know, response, you know, from people that saw the product. So, you know, we, we circled around, had another conversation. And I'm actually going to bring Tiffany on to really talk about the product, because I, I, I'm not going to do it justice in a 30 second commercial. I'm not even going to try. So, again, do some homework sober. I'll post the website on the Facebook page. Um, but it's seven funerals for 75.com. And we'll have that conversation here within the next coming weeks. All right. So what I want to do without any further ado is I want to bring our guests on tonight. Tonight's topic is is the be your own bank movement hurting our community and joining us for that conversation this evening is miss devette jones devette how you doing this evening i'm excellent how are you t i am doing well i'm doing i'm gonna tell y'all right now sober family this is gonna be a good show first thing devette asked me is can i drink wine on the podcast when people ask, and she got it, she went and got a bottle. When I say yeah, she went and got a bottle. She didn't get a glass, so but she got a, she got a bottle. So this is going to be interesting. But um, you know, we had a great conversation. I followed the vet on social media. The vet, tell tell the people a little bit about yourself. Oh wow! Um, I love life insurance. I'll start off with that one. It is my favorite, favorite, favorite investment vehicle. Um. I was a realtor back in 2002 when I was recruited to be a seminar coordinator for a financial planning firm. I was people who sent out those mailers to you that said, come to Carabas, come to Ruth Chris, so you can have a financial. I was the person who put the junk mail in there. They did the RSVPs that set up the PowerPoint presentation because again, marketing, that was my background in college. Got into the back of the room 2002. We didn't have smartphones. Mm -hmm. I had no choice but to actually listen to the presentation. And when she got through and she was going through taxes and long-term care and retirement, and I was just like, wow, I've never heard these conversations in my life. And I'm 28 years old. And like, how come we've never heard this in school, in the household growing up, right? And she finally said, what if you could take a $50,000 CD that you already have at the bank, double it for death, triple it for long-term care, be able to have that money to use it for opportunity and emergency in your lifetime. You never have to worry about being a burden to your family and never have to pay taxes on that money again. Would that be of interest to you? And every hand in the room went up, including mine. And that's what I fell in love with life insurance. I surrendered my real estate license and I've been in this industry ever since. You're in Knoxville, correct? Yes, that's correct. And how long ago was that? 2002. 2002. Yep. Wow. Okay. So you, you've been in this for a minute. Mm -hmm. Almost 20 years. Almost 20. Now your introduction... You know, we, we have this conversation a lot on how people got introduced into this industry, because typically it's not a conversation as far as career path that's discussed in our home. So I love hearing people's stories on how they got introduced. So, yeah, that's dope how you you were introduced in the industry. And one of the things that I noticed about you in following you on social media is you love what you do and you're passionate. So, again, not typically what you see when you follow people or talk to the people about our industry. I mean, it's supposed to be boring. It's supposed to be dry. 
supposed to be all about numbers. So I heard you, you know, you say you were really motivated when you heard that presentation. How do your clients respond to see that enthusiasm? Because again, most agents you're dealing with is there's a there's a presentation they go over, they run some numbers for you, and here's your quote. But here you come in love with it, happy, you know, passionate. What's the response initially when people start working with you? I think more people, they just kind of vibe off my energy. Like they want to work with me because they don't want it to be something that is ho-hum and dry and depressing. And of course, a lot of times I, I'm, of course, talk about the cash value or all the other benefits, not just the death benefits that come along with it. Yeah, yeah. And, and so often it ends up going back to a lot of my life story. Because even though I was starting in this room, in this industry in 2002, less than nine months later, my mom died in 2003. So Mm -hmm. life insurance became super critical, having that money to fall back on. And mind you, this is like 33 days after I bought my own first policy on me. So and that was a variable universal life with one America still have that same policy. Mm -hmm. So it was it started to show in my life. And then I can show people how this benefited me, how this was able to help my grandfather, what going through nursing homes, being able to do it with estate planning. Just it it became so real in my life that the same way other people talk about get their hair and their nails done. I just talk about life insurance that same way. And they enjoy it because it makes it a lot more palatable to deal with. Yeah. No, it definitely comes through in your content. Um, you know, you. I, I love your content. There's a couple of people on social media that I really love. And I think, you know, Nicole, I think that's how I met you. Yes. Um, through Nicole, she's another one always posting dope conf- content, dope information. So, now, <laughs> yeah. so something else I learned about you is you're an author. You wrote a book. <laughs> I did. So, I did. Yeah, so you broke. Tell us a little bit about the book. The title is who taught you how to be broke. I love the title. <laughs> Talk to us about the title on the book. Um, so who taught you how to be broke is a um, God. It's an ode to Melody Hobson Lucas. She had a TV show on ABC years ago and it was called Unbroken. And she had all of these celebrities on there. Will Smith and Cedric the Entertainer and, you know, um, Antonio Banderas. She had everybody in there and they talked about all these different aspects of money. And I love that. So when I decided to write my book, I wanted to give a little bit of that tribute back to her. So Hers was called Unbroken. And I was like, okay, but who taught us how to be broke? Mm. And then the story pretty much went into this. My book is written the same way I talk. It's probably not grammatically correct by any means of measure, but it was literally telling the stories that happened in my life and made me kind of have mindset shifts in this industry and about money that really, I think, was the most impactful thing to me. So, you know, even though we say who taught you how to be broke, the reality of it is how can you unbreak those mentalities by just looking at the story from the right perspective, understanding taxes from the right perspective, understanding that, you know, we think about life insurance and we think all the money is supposed to go to the funeral home. No, 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 no. That's called an inheritance, baby. I'm going to need some of y'all to keep some of that money and pay these debts off and, you know, buy some more land and property and different things. That's generational wealth without picking up a hammer. Oh, yeah. I don't like real estate. Um, <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. How long ago did you write the book? The book? Um, I wrote the book, I think, 2016, 2017. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. So tonight we're talking about the Be Your Own Bank movement. 
Mm-hmm. And is it harmful to our community? And, you know, I've said this a lot. Misinformation is harmful, regardless of what the product service conversation you're talking about is, you know, that's one of the things, unfortunately, we see more and more, especially with more people getting platforms on social media that really don't know what they're talking about, nor deserve them. Right. You can get on social media and and say pretty much what you want with little to no accountability. And when it comes to our industry, you know, this isn't the first time we we've seen a quote unquote movement like this is the hot thing. You know, if you've been around the the industry more than, you know, five to 10 years, you know, there was a whole period when, you know, Dave Ramsey was pushing the buy term and invest the rest. And, you know, a lot of people jumped on that bandwagon. And is that wrong? No, not necessarily. You know, one of the things that we need to do as, you know, insurance professionals is make sure we understand the need of our client. There's no one product fits every situation. It's not a cookie cutter approach. So although it wasn't wrong, Again, you know, people were just kind of going with it because it was was the flavor of the day and didn't really understand, you know, what other options were out there and just repeating what they had heard. And the reality of of it is, is they say statistically, you know, 85 percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Right. Right. So if I'm able to show you how to save some money on your insurance and you're living paycheck to paycheck, sober family, guess where that extra money is going? It's probably going to pay some bills, right? right? Investing is great, but it's hard to focus on investing when you know your lights are about to get turned off or your rent or your mortgage is due. So, you know, sometimes the information doesn't hit the right people at the right time. And it can be frustrating. And people say, well, insurance is not for me because they've only heard one side of it. So the, the new movement or what we're hearing a lot of today is, you know, be your own bank. You know, you can you can pull money from these policies. You can do this, that. And again, the information is not wrong. I love the concept because if there's a if the policy is built right, there's great opportunity. There's great upside. But again, because of the misinformation, what I'm seeing is a lot of people that have, you know, twenty thousand dollar whole life policy say, hey, I'm building my own bank because my agent told me that I'm going to be able to. If you got a 10, 15, 20 thousand dollar policy, you're not building your own bank, the cash value is never going to get to a place where you're going to be able to do much with it. And remember, whatever you borrow, you got to pay back or it's coming from your death benefit. Then on top of that, you know, I'm meeting people that somebody told them to pay $50 a month and, you know, they're going to be building all this cash value. So the concept is great. The information, again, sometimes is not being presented in the right way. So what has been your experience when it comes to, you know, you having conversations with people that say, oh, I want to build my own bank? <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, my first account that I did build in 2003, it was a bearable universal life policy that was structured to be infinite banking. So okay. when I learned about the concept, the $50,000 CD, that was the early stages of the build your own bank. Even in 2002, the wealthy and the affluent were already using the strategy, but yeah. they were moving $50,000 CDs over from the bank. So everybody else in the room had $50,000 in a CD. I didn't. And it took me a while to go back and talk to my advisor, to learn, to understand, to run the illustrations and come up with a plan that was comfortable, that made sense for me. So with that being the case, if I was 28 years old, And I was doing a $50,000 policy, but I was putting in $50 a month. 
Well, I already knew how to look at the illustration and see how much cash value I was going to be able to have available inside of it because a true financial advisor taught me how to structure these appropriately. And I didn't jump into them from day one. I studied them. I paid attention. I watched her write them. You know, I started to research the companies a little bit more to get a true understanding of what I was getting into. Now, as far as the movement, the way that so many people are talking about it right now, you're right. There are so many people who have no idea. They just hear sound bites and these are the things that yeah. will get them a big sale and a big commission, or they think it'll get them a big commission because I think most of them are very wrong about the commission payout rate. Right. But they need to get in front of people. They need to say something that is savvy. They need to say something that is sharp. And I've seen a lot of people come back to me from other people and seeing the illustrations or the life insurance policies that they've run for them, whether it's an IUL or whole life, and it's not built properly. Right. And that's what ends up happening for the most part is people want to make the quick sale, but they don't want to learn the product and learn how to really use it appropriately, what it means to be able to say the least amount of death benefit for the most amount of cash value. Right. Now, of course, you know, we were talking about that before. A portion of it comes back to the agents aren't well educated and the clients aren't well educated. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we want to get the clients. We want to get as much death benefit as humanly possible for the least amount of premium. But that's not build your own bank. It actually right. is the opposite. So right. it definitely is one of those dynamics where you're trying to find out. You're trying to find out if your agent knows exactly what they're doing, if they are presenting this in the proper way, if they are showing you the illustrations to show you the numbers to know how much money you're going to be able to take out when and where. And if it makes sense for the client's budget, if they have the insurable need. One thing that I tell people all the time is I got two pairs of shoes. If I'm getting on the plane tomorrow, I'm going to have a pair of tennis shoes and a pair of heels. My tennis shoes. Those going to be my permanent policy because that's going to be I can walk on the beach. I can walk in the mall. I can that permanent policy is going to be with me for the rest of my life. But that term it's going to be there for a good time, not a long time. See, them my stilettos, them yeah. them high heel shoes that I'm going to just wear for a little bit and then I'm going to kick them off after a while. So there's nothing wrong with having both pairs of shoes when you get on the plane. Why would you not walk out the door with both kind of life insurance, something permanent that you know that's going to be there and then also have the term? I think we get so so often we get so far away from making sure that we have the proper insurance that we need to just take care of our families before we start talking about, well, how much money am I going to make in the S&P 500 and the cash value and the growth and the borrowing against it? That's the part I don't like. Yeah. So we know the agents are a huge part of the problem. And, and I'm going to take it a step higher than the agents. I think it's some of the, the agency owners, the IMOs, um, you know, I ran career shops and, and I'm always very transparent about this for years. And typically our agents were were trained to sell, you know, basic term and whole life products, you know, IULs and annuities. The managers kind of sat back and cherry pick those. Or we did the seminars, as you talked about, to get the big business. But, you know, 90 percent of the sales force was just out there selling term and whole life. They didn't even know or were never even trained on IULs and annuities right. and different things like that. So, you know, part of that is, you know, the, the responsibility of the IMO, the agency owner, the agency, and then, you know, last the, the agent, but, you know, talk, 
to the consumer a little bit. Like if you want to to get into, you know, one of these policies, who is this a good product for? Mm. Because it may not be the best product for, you know, somebody 75 years old that has a fixed income. Right. right? It may sound good to Mrs. Right. Jones to say, hey, we can help you finish paying off your house or, you know, give your, your kids some money for college or whatever. It may sound good, but it may not be the best product. So who typically would you say is your avatar, your ideal client for a product like this? Um, so your your average client still needs life insurance and they can always turn it into an infinite banking policy later on, whether they have term. So a lot of people don't even know that you can start with a term and convert it to a permanent policy later. So maybe it's a dynamic of, you know, for my budget and everything, it won't allow me, but you at least are able to get the coverage. I'm so big on making sure that people have the coverage while they're young and healthy. I had a 16 year old daughter was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. She can never get another policy. Fortunately, we had one. She has a guaranteed insurability rider on it. But when she turned 22, she was able to multiply her benefit times five and be able to get a permanent policy. That is an infinite banking policy that she is going to have for the rest of her life. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of times I start talking about those Gerber grow up commercials. You remember the commercials on TV? Have you started saving for your kids college education? Yes. We have a Gerber Grow Up plan. See, they was code switching right in front of us, right then and there. Hmm. They were using infinite banking, even when they were talking about it in the 90s and the 2000s. But if you went to Gerber and called them directly, they would just take $20 a month from you. But if you talk to a financial advisor or someone, then we would say, I want that premium to be $120 a month. Right. So the $120, everybody can afford the $20. But being able to say, can you overfund? Can you put in yeah. five times what the minimum premium is in order to get the true value out of this, in order to be able to have sufficient cash value to give it to a child to really make an impact for their college education? That's the difference between did you just buy a life insurance policy or did you buy an infinite banking policy? If you right. can't afford to overfund a policy, then this ain't the right move for you. You still need the life insurance policy. You absolutely need something permanent. I'm a huge proponent that everybody needs at least a $50,000 permanent life insurance policy. No matter what, no matter what age, they at least need $50,000. Now, being able to have some with term, you can have another $100,000, $200,000 in term that goes on top of that. But if you decide that you wanted to start this infinite banking and you've already successfully taken care of those two foundational levels, then you can move up to the top level of allowing people to overfund their policy. Right. I probably own about seven or eight different policies on myself, on my daughters, on my dad, on my grandkids. I have a bunch of policies. All of them are infinite banking. My first one was, but that I again, I had a financial advisor who got it and directed me into setting that up properly. Right. So that's where I think we're missing the mark. Anybody can use the policy as long as you understand the value and you understand the intention of the policy. When you buy them on babies, and I'm talking about at two weeks old, you can buy a policy on a baby. If you buy a policy on a baby at two weeks old and you're willing to overfund it instead of buying Jordans, the, you know, the little baby Jordans and doing the baby reveals and, you know, taking all the little pictures and stuff like that. If you're willing to take that kind of money and put it into the policy for the child, then you absolutely should have infinite banking. But if you are still living paycheck to paycheck and you really are robbing Peter to pay Paul, 
then just stick with your basic life insurance and wait till you pay your car off. Wait mm. till you pay a bill off. You know, kill mm. a bill and then you can reuse that money because you're already used to spending that money. All you're going to be is redirecting it to another vehicle, another strategy. Right. Now, that makes sense. We got a quick question here. Okay. Um, Shay is asking, how much cleanup do you do out there? Mm. <laughs> so as far as cleaning up policies, a lot of times people are already in too deep. Yeah. And just like we're talking about, they need this big death benefit and they really can't afford to overfund it like they need to. So mm -hmm. I don't do a lot of cleanup. And if anything, I don't like replacing policies. I do not like replacing policies. If I can start them off with another policy that is intentional to be in just the infinite banking, then I'll use that. So I call it Vision Vault. So, of course, you hear them all the different kind. My business is Life Vision Solutions. Vision Vault, put it together. But I'll instead of getting rid of old policies, because there was an intention for that, we'll say this policy is for your grandkids and we'll be able to say this policy through your job. You know, it'll just take you out to 65. So at least you'll have extra in case anything happens to you earlier. Then I come in and I layer on kind of like you would layer CDs at the bank. You know, yeah. you don't get rid of all your other CDs. You right. just layer on another CD to be able to say, all right, I actually bought another policy for myself. A, a funky $10,000 policy on myself last year and told my kids, this is the policy you give to the mortuary. Don't give them that. Don't let them see my big policies. Right. Okay. Right. So being able to say, are you intentional about your policies? I bought a policy for my grandkids. I have twin granddaughters is two and a half years old. I April, 2020, I bought a brand new policy just because I wanted them to be the sole beneficiary. Right. Then being able to buy other policies. So as far as cleanup, a lot of times we help them to understand what they're doing, how their policy is working, and then we determine if it makes enough sense for them to buy another policy or if they have any room in their existing policy to overfund it. And a lot of people do have room inside of their existing policies. They don't know it. They have right. not hit a guideline premium. They're a lot of times just barely hitting their minimum or their target. So maybe that doesn't get you a big commission or what have you, but it does help to save people from getting in a bad position. Now, yeah. and I love the fact that, you know, overfunding the policies, make sure that if they do have a little extra cash value and somebody misses a payment for two or three months because of bank draft, then their policies don't last. Yeah. So it's really just a matter of how strategic are we doing this? And I was registered as a, a financial advisor. So okay. 36 and 63. So going through the whole process of doing financial planning asking about their income, asking how many children they have, asking, you know, when do they plan to retire? What other assets do they have? Do, do, all of these things are part of my process that really gets them set up to understand if this is the right thing and how much they can comfortably afford to do what's this, in this particular product. So, yeah, the cleanup. Great question, Shay. Thank you for asking that. Um, that. That can be tough and it can be a hard conversation to have with a client if you can't help them, right? Sometimes their situations have changed where, you know, maybe they help, their health is taking, you know, a dip or, you know, financially their situation has changed. Sure. And, you know, those can be tough conversations, but I think they're, they're necessary. And, you know, a good agent will have an honest conversation with a client and say, you know, unfortunately, even though it's not the best situation, it's the best situation for you right now. You know, instead of just trying to turn that business and throw them on something else so you can get a commission, which doesn't solve the problem. 
I mean, right. it just gets you a couple of dollars in your pocket, but they're really not much better off than they were before you sat down with them. So, you know, I love that you take the time and really educate them on what their true options are. So let, let's talk real quick. You mentioned very, your first one was a variable universal life product, right? Mm -hmm. So we know term, you know, sober family, I know we're talking to agents here, but term is not the product. Um, you know, that we're talking about when it comes to, you know, becoming your own bank. She did say you can convert it later down the road if necessary, if that's where you started. But typically it's some type of UL that this is built on top of. So you mentioned there's the, you, you had the variable, there's the fixed, there's the indexed. Um, then there's, you know, traditional whole life, you know, some of these, you, like you say, you, it's, it's very key to being able to make sure you're in a position to sometimes overfund them without going too high or creating a mech. I don't want to get too technical, sure. but when you're in the field and you're talking to people, is there a particular product that you lean to the most or is it just really dependent on the situation? It always depends on the situation. And, okay. it, and, and that's part of my questionnaire because, I, you know, I need to know what your credit score is. If you're mm -hmm. going to a BUL or IUL company, then you pretty much you better have a better a, a good risk classifier score. Financial underwriting matters for the companies who are going to give you uncapped on the S&P 500 or be in a credit suite portfolio. You can't just send them any piece of business. I've sent healthy people to a carrier and they declined them simply because they had a bankruptcy. OK, okay. hold on one second. I don't mean to interrupt. I want to stay there real quick because the credit component, again, is something that's not being discussed. A lot of times people are talking about being your own bank because the reason people want to be their own bank is because they don't want to deal with a traditional bank. Right. Right. Traditional bank, you go on, you want 50,000, you're going to have to have collateral, good credit, you know, all kinds of things to get that money. Then you got to pay it back at a certain interest rate. So mm -hmm. people are falling in love with, I can take the bank out of the equation to just work with the insurance company. But you said something right there that I think is missed a lot. It's credit. Because again, if you understand how these products work, you're not really using your money when you take these loans. Your money still continues to grow if the product is structured properly. Exactly. So the credit component is very important because these insurance companies, just like the banks, want to see if you're worthy of them loaning you that money to do whatever it is you want to do to create and operate your own bank. Mm -hmm. So you're going in asking for people's credit information. And again, Nicole is the only other person that has come on the podcast and actually talked about that doing fact finding. Mm -hmm. um, she's asking about, you know, how many overdraft fees you've had. You know, I don't know if y'all can get away with that because y'all are women or what, but <laughs> those are questions that a lot of agents shy away from. We don't want to get too personal. We don't want to ask about your credit score and how much money you got in oh, your bank oh, account. How do you overcome that? Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Well, I think a part of it is the personality. And okay. I tell my clients all the time, honey, you work with me. I'm your new girlfriend. Like I'm in your business. We're going to talk about this. You got to give me your social and your bank account to start with. So my, you might as well just go ahead and just kind of let me know who we are, what we're dealing with. And if you miss a payment, I'm going to be the one that's calling and tell you. So I'm going to shade you out on that. So please understand mm -hmm. if we're going to work together, we want to make sure that we have a great working relationship. So, you know, asking them questions, even when we go through the application, being able to ask, did you have a felony? You know, that's a lot of people want to shy away from that conversation. Um, they don't want to talk about what their past was, um, what their driving records are. A lot of people, you know, I had people who come to me and wanted to do IUL 
And we couldn't do it simply because she had a reckless driving. You know, these are things that all impact your insurable risk. And life insurance companies, they don't go for that. It's funny, I put it up earlier on my Facebook page that, you know, our parents or our teachers, rather, they lied to us when we were growing up because they tend to tell us that, you know, if you do this, it's going to end up in your permanent record when we're in grade school. And your medical record, your driving record, your, your, those are your those are your real permanent records that right. stay with you forever. And the life insurance company can see all of that. Yeah. So I let them know these are the things that they're going to see. I don't care if you had a medication. I need you to tell me, even if you went to the dentist and got an antibiotic, baby, just tell me if you um, went to the emergency room because you fell and broke your leg, putting up the Christmas lights. Tell me so I know what they're potentially going to find, because. People get shocked and surprised when they find out after the fact, I didn't know that was in my records or I didn't know you could see that. Honey, we can see it all. Insurance is a is a multi-trillion dollar industry, almost bigger and better than the U.S. government. I'm sorry, it's I can't pull down a statistic exactly, but the money is there. The yeah. money is absolutely there. And it's all in cash and reserves. It's not in debt. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I love I love that because we talk about a lot of times how as agents, we're more than just salespeople in our community. Definitely. Right. So I think building those relationships allows us to ask those questions. So, you know, I think the difference is sometimes when you're just an agent buying leads mm -hmm. and you really don't have a connection to that person, that's where the hesitation comes to ask those questions because you don't know me and I don't know you. And now we're in this age of telesales where you can't even warm up with a person. At least if I can come to your house and compliment you on your grass and your pictures and get the guard down, then it's a little easier to ask you, you know, what your credit score is and, and different things like that. But now when you're talking to people over the phone, it's a whole nother beast. But I love, you know, the approach that I see with you all is you're really active in your community. Absolutely. So you're able to be someone's friend, girlfriend. They see you as a granddaughter, a sister, whatever, because you're engaging them in the community. You're not just a salesperson there to make a quick sale. It's like, hey, here's my info. Call me for anything. Reach out to me for anything. And I think that's the disconnect a lot of times. Too many agents just stay in sales mode and they're, they're too professional where they don't let their guard down. Therefore, the client never lets their guard down and you get that stalemate. So, you know, I love the way you, you operate and you're moving in that. Absolutely. Um, well, and I think a portion of it comes down to being confident enough. Oh, my grandbaby's calling me. Um, being confident enough in the presentation and know what you're talking about. That's where a lot of the education, I, again, I was raised under one of uh, uh, MDRT producer. So I understood life insurance, but we also have different trainings that we use. Circle of Wealth, we, you know, Tom Hegna, Doug Andrews, these different people, like studying under them. And getting the information, and I tell every agent, don't you go out here and sell no IUL or no infinite bank and nothing if you don't own it. Yeah. If you don't own it, yeah. it's not in your, you can't pull up your account or your portfolio or a statement or what have you. If you don't understand your illustrations, you don't know how much cash value you can pull out of your policy. And this is the thing, T. So I bought my policy, I started in 02, I bought my policy 03, I became an agent, I bought my policy in March, I became an agent in August of 03. So of course, after my mom died, like I was super big about getting that. I, of course, in the meantime, I had collected inheritance from her life insurance policy. So that was really like, oh, wow. You know, that would have, that changed my life financially. 
just understanding the premise of life insurance, just needing that. And she didn't want to buy more life insurance. I talked to her about it. She wanted to buy more disability insurance thinking she would get hurt, not realizing that she would end up having a stroke and pass away. And she had accidental life insurance that didn't pay out. So mm-hmm. all of these different factors made me say, wow, like there's so much that I didn't know. And you know what we say, you know, you don't know what you don't know because you ain't been there before. So I was there. I was in that space and was like, I need to tell somebody else. I, I just want to help other people. That's why I think a lot of agents are missing. Why are you in this business? Are you here to help people or are you just here to get a quick buck because they told you you can make $500 a week? That like that's 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 people don't respond to that. Yeah. And you and you really don't retain and you don't engage with the information. So even, you know, I have a nationwide practice, people from all over the country, they'll call me and we'll do a Zoom, we'll do a phone call, and literally, we'll do an application. And we've been doing this pr- pretty strong virtually for about four years now, even before the pandemic hit, being able to reach out with people and give them tidbits or education because you really believed in what you were talking about. Yeah. That is so important. I think people, they they believe in making the money. They believe in the big commissions. They don't believe in how it will protect somebody's family how it's going to save them. They've never given out a death. I mean, they've never had to pass a death claim. They don't want well, to. I think that's, we knock Prime America a lot of times because they make their agents buy policies. But what you said is very important because in order to sell something, you have to understand it, right? In order to connect to a person, you have to be able to explain from a personal perspective what that thing did for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I definitely agree. There's a quick comment. Okay. Um, Shay said, I knew we were connected. Circle of wealth. Oh, okay. Hey, <laughs> Cal College represent. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's very important. Now you talked about funding options mm-hmm. with, with the different types of policies. Again, I don't want to get too technical, but two questions. Um, no, I'm just going to ask this one. Why do you think so many agents shy away from selling IULs. I know we said part of it is the responsibility and is because of the lack of training um, because of, excuse me, the agencies and the agency owners. But once you find out that information, why do you think a lot of agents are still hesitant to get into that space? Because nobody really wants to teach them. Nobody wants to show them. um, Like you said, the, the managers, they'll go in and cherry pick the deals and give them a little commission, but they're not teaching. And my broker, my financial advisor, she had a PhD in administration. She loved to teach. So we have to get to a space where we're actually sharing the information and we're walking through it. And I think sometimes it's a matter of you have to go to the trainings. You have to. So, T, one of the things that I tell my team all the time is I'm over here playing video games. And they're like, video games? Yes, I'm running illustrations. I'm Mm. running illustrations for fun. Just the way that my kids will play video games in Mario Kart, I'll be running illustrations like, oh, can you do that? Can the premium stop? What happens if I take money out here? Like, I'm getting so engrossed in it like a video game. So that way, when I go talk to the client, I already have a good preset of, yeah, we can do this. I already was looking at these for you because half the time we don't do any due diligence and do any prep work going into our meetings. And we got to stop that. Right. You know? Right. It's not that you got to pre-qualify everybody, but even if you had a lead, a lot of times the leads will have some basic information where you can at least run what's the term, 
what's a UL or a whole life or what's an IUL. So you can be able to say the minimum, the uh, mid-grade and what the high point is and present those three options to them. But again, going back to, you need to write the policies on yourself. You need to, instead of, when you got Netflix going in the background, you watching Ozark, you can still have your software up and playing with the numbers and looking at, like mm. play with it and see if you like it. And it was like, yeah. oh man. So I think that's gonna really help people. Even like I said, a lot of financial planning is a learning curve that you gotta be in it to win it. So yeah. when you get to the stock market, when you start putting money into it, okay, well, the markets go down and they come back up. You got to be in it and get over some of these emotional things in order for it to really, for you to see it through. Um, and a lot of people, they just kind of dip out after it gets a little too hard. You got to go through the hard. It all goes through cycles. So the same thing with the life insurance. All right, well, just start with a small policy. Go find somebody young that can do $50 a month, do, you know, go in and talk to your oh, and why are we not talking to our sales team if you call any company and you talk to the sales and marketing team and say i got a 50 year of i got a 25 year old that can do 50 dollars a month can you show me an infinite banking concept they will run the illustration yeah yeah and then you can bring it back and you can study it even companies as i get newly contracted with them i'll make them run an illustration I'll go back and study that same illustration and then I try and play with it in the software so I can figure out what's going on. But we got to definitely be about our education in this business and making sure that we understand the process, how it's going to work. And if we would buy it for ourselves, like I told a lady today, I'm not going to put my, you in that product because I wouldn't put my dad in that product. Right. So finding and finding your niche is very important too. It's very important to find your niche because I think that will help people to understand if the IUL fit and where it fit. So, or right. even whole life, because I, I've been doing my vision vault infinite banking for a while, but I use it for retirement. That is my primary goal is for retirement. Mm -hmm. There's new people on my team now who are using the debt free for life and they're using a whole life product for that. I don't mm -hmm. do that, but mm -hmm. it's nothing wrong with it. But I right. still study it and I know exactly what it, and if there's a situation where somebody says, hey, can you do that? I'm going to write back to my sales and marketing team. I understand permanent life insurance, cash value, and understanding how to take loans and withdrawals against it because I've done it with my own policies. I just wrote yeah. an IUL on myself last week that just drafted out of my bank account on June 1st just because I wanted to get the money out of my checking account. Hmm. That's, you know, using that as a retirement vehicle is for me. Debt free, I, that, that, that doesn't resonate with me. Right. But right. when I speak to people about it, I'll always speak to them about it from this respect of retirement, college education or business. So right. if you know exactly what you're selling it for, why you're selling it, then you can really start playing with the numbers and you can give a stronger presentation to the person to say, OK, look, if you're number four, you'll be able to pull the money out and get your, your kids some braces. And then you're number eight. You could give that money to them and buy them a car and they can go backpack in Europe if they decide not to go to college and they can, you know, start a business or use it as a down payment on a house. Now, because I've, I've, I'm internalizing this thought process, now when I get in front of the client and I talk to them about it, it's kind of like, you know, how we talk to ourselves in the mirror when you're getting ready for a presentation. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm doing that so often with myself and looking at my friends and their family dynamic and 
let me write a quote on you. Just so, you don't have to write it. I just want to write a quote on you so I can just kind of see how this would benefit you in your life and how much money it would cost. That's when people are confident enough to go out here and really present a good product to our community because all the policies don't need to be $5,000. Some of them are $50. My first was $50 a month, which is $600 a year. My last one is $5,000 a year, which I can put in $8,000. So mm-hmm. I'm literally looking at it. There's different spectrums of what you can do with them. Right. You just got to figure out the lane that makes the most sense for you and your client and the client because they got to be able to pay for this thing. Absolutely. Tamika, I see you, you put in here life insurance versus infinite banking. Were you just making a comment or did you have a question about that? And why wait on that answer? Um, the vet. You shared a story when we were back in studio about a conversation you had with a client today. Um, do you want to share a little bit about that just so people can see how you interact and how you know, you're actually able to help people just by being honest? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which story? Help me. I think it was the one with um, the friend of your father. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, so there was a um, a lady. She called me out and apparently uh, friends of mine had given her my phone number. And as we got to talking, she said, I think I know your parents and, you know, all this good stuff. And she was the person who had had a nice little 401k, 68 years old, getting ready to retire. So at retirement, she decides that she wants to go in and pulls a lump sum out of her retirement account to pay for her, um, pay her house off and pay her car off. Mind you, it put her up into a new tax bracket. She was double taxed on that money. She had all of her money in a qualified vehicle. Nobody ever talked to her about the um, Roth IRAs. And even though she does have a permanent life insurance policy and it does have some cash value, she's actually a little afraid to take money from that policy. And I was trying to explain to her, no, this is the season for you to go pull some money from that account because you pulled out all this taxable money that's already pushed you up into a new tax bracket. So now she's in a situation where she's looking for a way that she can earn money and still have her money invested, whether it be life insurance, annuities or mutual funds. But we're in this real volatile market right now. And I literally had to tell her, baby, um, you might as well leave your money at the bank because she had already taken it to the bank. And interest rates are going to start going back up here in a minute. Not too much, but we'll start to see some change. But she said, well, I only made $8 last year. And I said, yeah, I know. But, you know, some people lost well over $36,000 this year. This year alone, having $215,000 in the account here in mid-May. I asked her what the value was on uh, January 1st. And she said it was $243,000. I was like, okay, so you done lost $30,000 in the last five months. Everybody's financial situation is a little bit different. Yeah. And that's why you got to really be able to say you need to plan. You have to plan and you need to do it before retirement. You need to look at what all of your income streams are, where all your assets are and start looking at how you can take money out. So I specifically told her in that particular IRA, you need to take that money out slowly. You, yeah. you should not have gone in and taken those big lump sum chunks out of it. You should have been able to just start taking little bit of chunks so you could be able to stay in a lower tax bracket. So it was um, a very unfortunate that she was in that situation because nobody, she didn't know that she could talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, she didn't know that she could have set up other investments. She didn't know that she could have done a Roth IRA conversion and paid taxes while she was working and then put that money into an IUL. 
that's another way people are transitioning money now. So mm -hmm. it's not even like they're using new money out of their checking account or their budget. They can use some of their existing assets. Yeah, you have to pay the taxes, but you're going to pay them anyway. So you better right. pay them now or you're going to pay them right. later. Right. But and if you pay them later, they're probably going to be higher. Exactly. So mm -hmm. leveraging them to the right bucket. So if she had that money in an IUL, she could have literally took that same $50,000 and it wouldn't have put her into a new tax bracket. The other dynamic of, you know, being able to say, do you have life insurance? Do you have the protection that you need that's going to pay off the house and everything like that? And I love with most of our life insurance carriers, then you have the critical, chronic and terminal illness rider. Mm -hmm. So when I sit to people and I say, all right, we're going to do this policy and let's say it's only going to be 75000 but I'm going to make them pay $300 a month for it. $100 for life insurance, $100 for retirement, and $100 for that critical chronic and long-term care rider because long-term care is something in our community that we do not talk enough about. Right. So and it'll wipe you out fast. It'll yeah. it'll eat up your nest egg real quick. Absolutely. And I actually had one of my own ages, 26 years old, who had to collect from her living benefits on her policy. Hmm. That's another conversation we overlook. We always talk about our seniors when we talk about those, but... Superman yeah, yeah. fell off a horse. Christopher Reeves, Superman. Yeah. yeah. He fell off a horse, paralyzed Absolutely. 42. And, and so, yeah. No, I was going to say, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Um, Tamika didn't react that question, so maybe she was just making a comment there. So I'm going to leave that. But I want you to address our two audiences. First, I want you to address the consumer. Any last words? that you would like to, you know, part with when it comes to, you know, addressing the consumers that are listening. And then second, I want you to address the agent on how to really be in a position to take advantage and educate people properly when it comes to these conversations about different products and options. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, for the consumer, life insurance is critical. In any form, in any way, you can never have too much life insurance. It is a pivotal part of your financial plan, whether it be term, whether it be whole life, whether it be infinite banking, you have to have the life insurance coverage. It can do so many different things for your family. It can take your family from, um, from the poorhouse to a millionaire status overnight. It is the easiest way to create generational wealth. You can make millionaires truly overnight with life insurance understand what your true insurable needs are and work with an agent who you can clearly communicate with and say, I want to have a policy that's going to take care of all of these different things and let them build a policy for you and be willing, be willing to pay for what the policy for all of the different things that you needed to do. That's the one thing about it. I tell people all the time, even at the $75,000 example I just gave, you can't go buy a $75,000 house and pay $300 a month for it. Am mm. I correct? Absolutely. So with that being said, a $75,000 house is true generational wealth, life insurance that you're leaving for your family and that cash value is building equity. So please understand there is a way that this is beneficial for you. It's worth the money. It will do what it's supposed to do as long as you pay what you're supposed to pay. Okay, so buy your policies and the, for the agent, understand your policies, 
have, write your policies on yourself, on your family members. That is one of the things that my agents have to do first and foremost. They have to go through the process. They have to write the policy out on themselves, read through the questions and understand it. Run your illustrations, play your video games. Make sure that you're putting money into the right buckets. Make sure that you understand that when you're talking about infinite banking, if you got a $1 bill, 25 cents of it pays for life insurance. Mm -hmm. The rest of it goes into the investment bucket. Mm -hmm. Now, see, how much life insurance can you buy with 25 cents? Not a lot. No, no. And that's what I need people to understand when it comes down, both consumers and the agents, when it comes down to infinite banking. That 25 cents, that's what builds the bank. And that is what you are baking your commission off of, because that's what the commission is based off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's where the consumer needs to understand, oh, if I want the infinite banking part, I'm only getting a little bit of life insurance. So it's important for you to know how much life insurance you truly need. But once you really come up with that formula and once you really kind of understand how this system works and be able to set it up where it's beneficial, mutually beneficial for the client and for the agent, then you can really be able to help and protect a lot of families. And, and I'm so grateful to be in a position where I've helped so many families all over the country that we all sis and bruh on the phone. They text me at seven o'clock in the morning. The, their friends, their Facebook, we still engage, we laugh, we drink, we talk. Love your clients. Love on your clients because you very well have to show up at a funeral with a check one day. So you better love your clients because they're going to be calling on you and they will slander your name all up in these streets like um, Johnny Depp, the Amber Heard. You're so, wrong, yeah. So you definitely want to become... Fall in love with this industry. Fall mm -hmm. in love with what it can do for people and then take that love and share it with people. And I promise you, you'll make the money that you need. No, I love it. I love it. And and so with family, I don't want you guys to get discouraged if you have, you know, been with a, an agency or an IMO and haven't got this training. One of the things I recommend you do one is seek out training. And I'm going to talk about that in a second. But if you if you don't have certain products in your portfolio, it's very important to partner with agents that do, right? There's opportunities to collaborate, you know, when it comes to sales and products and offerings. So, you know, don't paint yourself in the corner just because you don't have something. Connect with an agent that does and work something out where you, them, and the client can all benefit, right? That that's something that I think we need to do more of while we you know, expand and learn in, in, in these other parts of um, the industry. So Devet, there's been a lack of training when it comes to IULs, this whole be your own bank, you know, movement. Can we reach out to you and possibly put something together for our sober members to really get more into, you know, the the nuts and bolts. We don't want to have those conversations on the podcast, but you know, we talked a little bit about Mex and, you know, what how much you can put in and and over over um over insuring the policy, overpaying the policy, things like that. So I would really like to you know work with you to to put something together where we can have a formal training 
I would love Down that. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Thank you. I'm honored. Yeah, we'll definitely put that together. And before I let you go, let people know where they can reach you, how they can reach you. Um, you can always look at look on my website, lifevisionsolutions.com, or my favorite version of it is IamWealthyNow.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok is where I have a lot of engagement right now so on tiktok is david jones or miss wine money because you know i love my wine you got, <laughs> got the wine well hey david thank you so much for thank joining you. us tonight silver family i highly recommend you follow her on social media connect with her um you know every day i'm seeing something great posted by either her nicole or some other people in the group so i highly recommend it. if you're on social media be productive. I mean, it's cooler, I guess, post whatever you're eating and whatever you're wearing or whatever, but learn something while you're on there. So she's definitely one to follow. So Devet, again, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you, T. I appreciate you. It was so awesome to be here. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right. So family, that wraps up another great interview. Before I let y'all go, a couple of housekeeping notes, a couple of things I want to share with you all. Um, First of all, I want to shout out all of our new members. The group is still growing. We appreciate you guys finding value in what we do. Uh, thank you to you all that have tuned in tonight. Um, I want to encourage you guys to connect with Sobo on the other platforms that we are on. Obviously, we're here on YouTube, you guys. Most of you are part of the Facebook group. We're also on Instagram, LinkedIn. You can catch the replay of the podcast on Apple and Spotify. Now, also remember, you know, go over to SoberMember.com or WeAreSober.org and look at the membership offerings that we have for our members. And last, you guys asked for it, so it's back. Our Wednesday morning trainings are kicking off again. This Wednesday, I'm going to be joined um, by Tiffany Feller-Peterson. Um, one of our directors, she's also an agency owner. Every Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., we're going to be kicking off our Wednesday morning trainings. Uh, the Zoom link will be posted in the Facebook group either tonight or first thing tomorrow, as well as the topics. The topics were already uh, dropped in the Facebook group, I believe, over the weekend. So if you have not seen those, go ahead and check them out. Uh, we hope you guys will join us on Wednesday mornings. Again, you all asked for it, so it is back. Every Wednesday in June already has a topic set up for it. So you can see what we'll be talking about before you even jump on to the Zoom. So Sober Family, it's been real. That is it. We're going to close out like we always do. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's one of my favorite African proverbs. We choose to go far. We choose to go together. We will catch you all next week. Have a good one.